You're listening to Outline and Live with J.C. Alvarez. Television heartthrob John Wesley Shipp has enjoyed both daytime and primetime success. The two-time Emmy-winning actor has made groundbreaking moments in television, both in soaps and on the hit show Dawson's Creek. With fanboys and girls all across the country know him best for his role in the 90s live-action series The Flash, where he brought to life DC Comics' favorite Scarlet Speedster. Now, as a new generation prepares to move into the fast lane, John reflects on his time as the fastest man alive and shares his thoughts on passing the baton. This is part two of my interview with actor John Wesley Shipp. So I, I didn't quite know. I was a little thrown third season, you know, when the tone of the show changed. And the parents' role over the course of the fourth season was uh, diminished because Kevin was the really strong voice uh, behind keeping it an ensemble. Correct. After the fourth season, the kids were going to college. They were growing up. They were going up, and they were going to leave Capeside. And they let all the adults' contracts expire. And all they wanted from, from, from me and Mary Margaret were six episodes each. And I thought, you know what? It's going to happen. We're going to be standing in the background at Parents' Day at college, holding Lily, the new baby, and <laughs> waving. I said, this has been such a rich, good, sort of, as you say, seminal experience in the evolution of, of how stories about kids were told. Uh, I, I I don't want it to. I don't, I don't want it to. So I, when they, of course, we all had to renegotiate our deals, and I set my price really high, figuring that they would not meet it. And mm-hmm. I was fine. You know, four really good seasons, I was ready to go back to L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, I get a call from Paul Stupin uh, in, in L.A. who took over the show. He and Kevin were co-executive producers. Kevin now gone. And uh, and he said, Can I, would you meet me for a cup of coffee? So I'm thinking, Oh, I wonder what this is about, you know, because I had let it go. I had released it. And he, yeah, over the, um, long story short, we have a cup of coffee and he said, uh, we're in uh, about midway through shooting the first episode. Uh, the WB shut us down, mm-hmm. shut the show down. I said, why? He said, we have, they don't, they don't like the story that we, we have no story. Mm-hmm. He said, I know you've been sort of increasingly unhappy and you know, uh, as you've been given less to do, he said, you know, justifiably so. But we're one. I was wondering, we were wondering. Mm-hmm. We came up with this idea: if okay. we give you the money you're asking, and we promise you two terrific scripts, will you come back and kill the character? Well, mm. I was like, whoa. <laughs> you know, it's one thing to leave the show; it's another to kill a character that you've. And um, and is that attractive to you as an actor? Because I would imagine if if you're being told we're going to give you a really great send off. That must be appealing, especially after evolving a character for so many years that people have come to love. To give him a good send-off, was that appealing to you? Well, I didn't really know. I didn't really – by that time, end of fourth season, I, I wasn't really sure how invested they would be. But I mm. figured if they – I mean, give me the money I'm asking, I'll take it. You know what I mean? <laughs> but you know what? Did it for the Benjamins. They came up <laughs> with the long goodbye yeah. and the death of do- – they came up I, – I mean, I don't – I've never – I'm not aware – and I'm not aware of everything, obviously, but I am not aware of a character receiving a more respectful mm. and endearing send-off, an affectionate farewell than Mitch Leary was. I mean, I some of the best work that I did, and and I left in the third episode of the fifth season, uh, the, my entire four, a little over four-year tenure there was in those last two episodes, mm. and it so caught the audience off guard, mm. you know, 
that it, it paid off big time. Sure. It spun Mary Margaret off into a story of the death of her husband, Dawson. Mm-hmm. They created it so that there's a circumstance. He had drunk all the milk, and I had to go get milk. So it was his fault. He killed his dad. Then we had – he was leaving film school to follow Joey. So And his dad disapproved. One of the last things he heard his dad say was, I'm disappointed in you, but no, I'll always love you. Mm-hmm. All he heard was, I'm, I'm disappointed, disappointed in you, and yeah. I killed my dad. So Which, of course, is a scarring thing for a child, and it, it really changed the way the character uh, progressed to the end of the series. But it was a confirmation for me mm. that I had made the right decision because uh, I, lo- I can look back on those two episodes now and say, you know, it really made me feel like the previous four years had been about something. Mm. Another show that you were on that um, had, um, had a huge following – Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fantastic following uh, on the huge success of Tim Burns' Batman film, which starred Michael Keaton. Uh, there were rumblings that started circulating about another DC Comics character that was going to come to television. Right. That character was the Flash, right. which uh, which you created that role, that original role on television. Um, you were one of the actors on the short list of actors that were up for this role, but when they came to you to offer you the Flash. What did you think? Well, first of all, they didn't come to offer me. They they came with an offer for me to audition. Okay. And I had just come from New York, and you know, I'm whether delusional or not, I had pretensions <laughs> of being a serious actor. And I thought, okay, uh, I'm not sure that this is really what I want to do. Mm. You know, uh, I, you know, I was thinking of the old Spider-Man series where they stood off camera and they threw rope. And that was, you know, I'm like, right. and then I was thinking about those, these gold ears and, and I'm thinking about these, uh, thinking about this running around in a pair of red tights. And, you know, remember I started my career running around oh, in a those Speedo. those red tights, John. Running around in a Speedo <laughs> singing, you needed me. The last thing I wanted to do was start my primetime career running around in a pair of, they said, I talked to uh, April Webster, mm. multiple Emmy award winning casting director. And she said, John, read the pilot. Right. That's all right. I want to say. She said, right. do you think I would be attached? I said, I don't know anything about comics. I said, well, who is this character? You mean Flash Gordon? <laughs> you know, I, a question that I've taken great which, um, which would have been great as well. I've I mean, taken it's... great umbrage when people have said that to me since I'm like, no, <laughs> the Flash. Get it straight? No. Well, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, of course everyone knows uh, now that you played Barry Allen, who is a, uh, he's a, uh, a crime scene technician mm-hmm. um, and of course he gets hit by uh, lightning uh, in his lab and he's endowed with super speed right. and becomes actually one of the most powerful and most popular superheroes in the entire DC mythology mm-hmm. <laughs> you awesome. just take my word for it John. awesome <laughs> <laughs> but I mean it's like even even with with uh, this we're talking about when you when you're doing this show it was the advent if you would of the whole superhero genre really going mainstream you know, you said uh, it was interesting because Flash, of course, was in development mm-hmm. years before it went on. Right. And it's like the whole Tim Burton that he gets credited with, the whole modern sensibility that Howard Chaikin, you know, our story editor, everybody mm-hmm. all together was sort of, there was a consensus forming around, we need to rethink how we're telling these stories. There's much more depth to this pop art Correct. Form yes. than has yeah. been displayed. Mm-hmm. So. It's not like the Flash was imitating, Tim, you know, Tim Burton. Absolutely, they absolutely. They were all yeah. this. Yeah. This consensus yeah. was, was this sort of creative flowering of a new way to present superheroes. Because right. the Flash is not Batman. It's a very he's a very different kind of character, and you know you do have to approach him very. Barry differently. Allen is, is sort of a lovable 
You know, it's like his dad says that you know he goes off to answer a call, and his mom says, "Be careful." And Emmett Walsh, she's like, "What's he gonna do? Stub his toe on a footprint?" (laughs) (laughs) But he does become the Flash. Yeah, and um, and and goes on. But how he became that? When I read the script, I realized, okay, they're taking this seriously. I said to April, I said, I have pretensions of being a serious actor. She said, that's why we're coming to you. Mm. We want you to audition. We think you're right for it, and you take your work very seriously. She said, and when I read that, it's not Hugh Hollywood hero. You know, it's not someone going in, I'm going to save the day. It's the first thing he does when the exploding rack of chemicals is, I don't want to know from this. I don't want this. Get rid of it. He goes Mm. to Tina McGee. It's only upon the death of his brother, and he's cradling his dead brother in his arms, that he decides, okay, fuckers, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to assume this. But it was a revenge motivation. And I love the, the, the relationship between uh, Tim Thomerson, mm. uh, you know, uh, uh, who played uh, my brother on that show. And I, that was, I was really sorry that that left because it it's, that's a delicate thing. He was the blessed son. Right, And exactly, Barry was yeah. sort of the unblessed son, yeah. you know, but, but still but they a had a tremendous— hero and— Love for each other, yeah. And and really was kind of like always trying to like win his dad's admiration. But imagine if you're the unblessed son and suddenly you had these kick-ass superpowers (laughs) and you're standing over your brother's grave with your dad and I tell him, I'm going to get the people who killed Jane. He says, don't point a gun unless you have a bullet in the chamber. And then I say, it was one of the most memorable moments for me in the pilot, I say, I have the bullet, but I can't tell him what it is. Mm. He can't tell you. You have it. You're so much more than you can ever let your dad know. Yeah. You know, yeah. In the um, in in league with with uh, so many television shows, well, actually, so so few television shows that were successful in the genre. The Flash is considered one of the 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 better uh, superhero uh, television shows. It was very special effects heavy. Um, it, it the scripts were very complex. Um, even even the uh, the villains were you know the, the Flash's rogues gallery were even treated really really differently, like real nemesis. You actually had some really great actors who portrayed some of the villains on the show that must have been a lot of fun it went it well the whole concept of the show very quickly went through a metamorphosis because really what they wanted they were ahead of its danny and paul were ahead of their time because what they initially envisioned is more what the first couple of episodes were which was basically a csi show with a superhuman element which they then later on did i i never saw an episode of it i think with the uh the, the Superman show. What was that called? Lois and Clark no, or no, no, Smallville? Smallville. Oh, yeah. And uh, Which we redid and revisioned um, the Superman mythology right. uh, for its generation. Yeah. But they didn't want to do a rogues gallery. They did not want to do a supervillain a week. That was mm. not their original concept. They promised me I would not be saving a kid from a burning building on page six of the script. Okay, <laughs> Why so, does that sound so bad, John? <laughs> they said if we have our way, PTAs right. will be calling with complaints every week. He said we want a to make it Endangerment rules. We wanted yeah. edgy. Yeah. Of course, by the fourth script, I think I actually saved a, bur- a boy from a burning building. I think it was page <laughs> 15, so technically they didn't lie. But I went to them and said, what is – but they did – it did evolve. Uh, 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 you know, there's so much in – as you know, in bringing a television show, you have, you have to please the studio. You yeah. have to please yourself. You have to please mm-hmm. the studio. And you have to – this team at the network. And everybody's got to have a synthesis on what it's going to be about. Well, it's it's also when you when you're dealing with I mean, and of course now cut to cut to an age where the superhero genre is is a huge million dollar market for for Hollywood, but um you know to the fans 
who you brought the flash to life uh i remember watch seeing those first pictures of you in the uniform and how much the fans appreciated that oh this is gonna look legit it's gonna, it's gonna look, look legit they gonna, said yeah. john we're spending a hundred and this was 1990 remember mm-hmm. we were spending a hundred thousand dollars to build four suits right i came to regret that later <laughs> but uh at least i wasn't they, they, they i was not running around in a pair of red tights which would have been worse <laughs> <laughs> well, the suit left little of the imagination, John, to be quite honest. Um, Christian Bale, who the actor who plays, of course, Batman in the contemporary re- reimagining of The Dark Knight that Christopher Nolan did, he got a lot of slack for um, affecting uh, his voice to play Batman. Did you have to do or did you feel you had to do something different when you were in the cowl? Gratefully, <laughs> I had very little dialogue in the suit <laughs> what there is i can tell you to this day makes me uncomfortable <laughs> and i was constantly saying don't make me speak in the suit if they had electronically altered my but if there was some way that the voice could have been more altered mm. because i mean it, it once we're with jonathan brandis you know in child's play right. and may rest in peace um you know i'm I'm giving this kid advice. I mean, and he's living in Barry Allen's home. He doesn't, you know, it, it, my actor's suspension of disbelief was strained <laughs> a bit. And I, quite frankly, frankly, I felt a little ridiculous talking in the suit. You know, Really? I, mean? I did. You know, Pike, you know, you know, I'm going to get you, you know. <laughs> Here I am in a, you know, $25,000 worth of foam latex, you know. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I was that. That made me a, a, a little uncomfortable. But we managed it okay. Mm. I, you know, I tried to uh, alter the voice, but very little because mm. I thought, you know, the audience is going to have to suspend disbelief a little bit because yeah. you can overdo it. And I won't say any more about that <laughs> by trying to make it distinct. Yes. Yes. <laughs> one. One of the, the things about the show that also made it. Uh, really that endeared it to the fans was uh amanda pays who plays uh your colleague on the tina show McGee, yeah. yeah tina mcgee uh who is is your is your superhero accomplice if you would the chemistry between both of you was so great that she kind of replaced one of the more loving characters in in the comic book flash's life which which is his love interest of iris um do the two of you keep in touch because i you know that's one of the things that that fans really they, they like when the two sort of like sweethearts on a show are still friends in real life well, yeah, we've done conventions together. Uh, if you want to go on my, fa- anybody can go on my Facebook page. Now there are a couple of fan pages; they're not mine. I don't know who put those <laughs> up, but my personal Facebook page, there's pictures of Amanda and me in Dallas. It was either 2011 or 2012. We went and appeared together at that convention. I just talked to, I just did a film that her husband uh, was involved in, and I wanted to talk to Corbin, and so I contacted Amanda to say, you know. What about these people? What was Corbin's experience? So yeah, yeah, we do keep in touch, and it's uh, she always would, she always would uh, bust my balls. You know, <laughs> she called it taking the piss out of you know. It's like uh, she's uh, she's she's a very funny lady. She's uh, do do you like the um because you do do the convention circuit and you have been up close with the fans. Yeah. Is is that weird experience for you no, when you it's have not weird some, at all. when 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 the fans are like right there? No, and... I think you know, it's the same thing sets in about convention experience although mm. it's being so legitimized that people are having to do it now as part of their contracts as you know yeah. Yeah. uh yeah. so i mean but uh like in soap operas it sort of became you know oh i'm really too good this is my day job i'm really you know to denigrate you know whatever and those I did, fans are relentless i mean daytime whatever, fans are like the most dedicated I whatever think. i did yeah. i would not play down 
to the role. If whether it was Eddie Ford in 2010, mm. I you know I don't have that separation. They say I see soap opera acting workshops. I say what's that? You play the given circumstances truthfully, you know. And if they're heightened circumstances, the characters are heightened. But anyway, well, um, Eddie Ford. Speaking of Eddie Ford, it, you know he was one of the more popular characters. He just recently, yeah. he just recently embodied Eddie Ford in daytime. Um, You've played a superhero. You played. You played. You know the great American dad, and then you played this really off-kelter guy that people literally, your fans loved hating him. They loved. They really <laughs> loved hating. Well, you know, I got. A, I took a look at the opening strips, and I was like, this guy is not going to last on camera for five minutes. And he he was a character that was on which soap opera they played. One life to live. On one life Eddie to live. Ford, right. And they had hyped him uh, as the father of these three sons and the abusive father. For months, and genetically blessed sons have genetically, a genetically blessed. blessed. I've had dad. me some pretty kids. I've had me some pretty kids. Let me tell you, had a good run there. Good Shep. gene pool. But anyway, uh, yeah. Um, uh, um, so this, Eddie Ford. Yeah, this character was just like. I so mean, I, I was, it was like, fun you know, for you though. I'm going to take the acting book. And I'm going to throw it out the window. Because he's a villain? You did that because you're no, playing somebody no. that was really... When I had played my earlier villains, there mm. was, there was, a, there was I could find the wound. Right. And I could play the wound. Right. But I couldn't find Eddie's wound. There was nothing redeemable as it was written. So I said, you know Was what? that fun? You know what? I'm going to free myself. <laughs> I'm going to forget about substitution, personalization. And you know, uh, Susan Gammy, costume designer, mm. gave me the right take on it. She said, John... The way I have to look, because the way daytime was shot, but by the time it was 2010, we were no longer doing an hour a day. Mm -hmm. We were doing 16 scenes from 14 different episodes, and, you know, kitchen scene, they would all be constructed. And so you didn't always know where, where you were coming or going. And I was, and she said, John, the way I have to look at it is it's another day at the circus. <laughs> so I threw the acting rule book out the window. I started ad-libbing. They supported me. I said, the only way I can do this is if, if, I, if I shy away from it, it's death. I have to mm -hmm. run straight at it and try to find what's darkly humorous and off-kilter. In fact, some of the fans were offended at the beginning because they were expecting a real slick Clint Buchanan, played by mm. Jerry Bernard. And I was like, no. Which this... we've had so many of those characters in daytime. I, yeah. I come in in jeans, and you know, one fan even accused me in those first scenes with the son of being unintentionally funny. And I thought, <laughs> I guess that's about the highest compliment when you're playing, yeah. when you're playing, playing a psychotic for, for comedy. <laughs> they think you're, un being, you're unintentionally funny. They don't yeah. think that I knew <laughs> that, that that's uh, certain things that I was doing were comedic. Yeah. Of course I knew, and uh, I'll never forget. I threw in a line once at the end. My little son, my youngest son, who Eddie Ford called the little bastard, and I, I mean, he knew it was his kid. The minute the kid punched him, he knew it was his kid. But anyway, leaving the leaving the room where I've just had a thing with this kid and his mother. I stop at the door, and he was shorter than Eddie, shortest of the sons. And I said, oh, I'll tell your little girlfriend, when she's ready to supersize, she know where to find me. And, well, the cameraman <laughs> fell off his bed. It's like they were like, now I know that was not in the script. I said, no. But they, they gave me a lot of mm. uh, really good stuff in the writing, and then they supported me. Frank Valentini is one of the best executive producers I've ever worked mm. with in that regard. Well, it looks like lightning is about to strike twice, and the baton is being passed. Uh, the announcement has been made that The Flash has been recast and is returning to television. Really? Yes. Yes. <laughs> the CW just introduced him on their hit show Arrow. I know. I know. And uh, Grant Gustin, which is not a – he's not an actor that people kind of equate with playing a good guy, has been cast as the new Barry Allen. Um, he, of course, was introduced in Glee as a, a really venomous character. Um, 
how do you feel about someone now coming in and and um, you know taking up the uh, taking up the red tights? Twenty two years is long enough. <laughs> you know, I mean, I've had sort of an extended life mm. as the Flash because it came out on DVD in two thousand six, right. and right. I've been doing the conventions, and it's been it's been great dealing with the, interacting with the fans has been wonderful. Mm. Conventions are not the nightmare that they have been portrayed. As. Does that surprise you? The fascination that people have with these kinds of characters. Um, you know these these sort of like modern day mythic characters as we're experiencing now in popular culture does that surprise you that that you know that that your flash is still you know still resonates with fans you know? i mean it is it is serious i mean these fans are very serious mm. about uh, they're serious collectors they're serious uh, you know they they really know the stuff inside and out it is a, it is a whole world that i was act, actually humbled the more i learned about it I was almost glad mm. I did not know anything about it because right. I took everything that I needed from the truth of the moment of the script and I played Barry. I felt my job was to play Barry, to get the audience hooked in with who this human being is so that when, I've said this before, but when I went into the suit, the audience came with me. Right. right and then we right. were all looking from inside the suit out. And I think that's the fun of it. I don't think anyone else fit in that suit but you, John. <laughs> No, there was no room. There was, and no they wouldn't want to been in there anyway. Let me tell you, it was pretty, pretty sweaty, pretty stinky in there. Which, and... which is really actually really great advice for for uh, for Grant in a way because he actually doesn't have the advantage that you have that you didn't have someone who already played the role. You you kind of like you know he's it's going to be very hard for him in, in today's culture to kind of go into it blind because there is so much out there. You know what the first thing I thought when I saw Grant, mm. I thought he's aerodynamic. You yes, know, he is, that, yeah. this is the modern sensibility. Now, yeah. back in the 90s, everything had to be big muscle. Bigger, but yeah, let's face yeah. it, we had to cut down the suit. from. The, if you'll, you'll watch, we pared it down as it went on because it just didn't make sense. Someone who's, I thought, he's very aerodynamic the way he's built. It's a good look. There are striking similarities between Grant and I. People were complaining. Why is this guy playing a superhero? He just got through playing the villain. Well, my, both my Emmys were as a psychotic, <laughs> you know, would-be rapist and a, and a, and a, and a girlfriend abuser, mm. woman abuser. We were both born in Norfolk, Virginia. How's that for uh, a coincidence? We're serendipitous. And, uh, and there's one other thing, but I've forgotten it. I read it. I went, wow, that's, that's kind <laughs> of He's on his own after that. He's on his own. <laughs> Good luck, Grant. <laughs> no, no. Listen, I wish him all the best. And I, in fact, I've said, because people have, have written in and, mm. and, 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 and people are, you know, I mean, these fans are very serious, but I said, come on, how, how, how long have we waited for right, another sure, incarnation? Yeah. How many times have hopes been gotten up? Yeah. There's going to be a flash movie. Ah, it's been shelved. Ah, this time, this guy's going to play it. Ah, it's been shelved again. Mm. This, I said, you want a flash series? You better get into arrow and support this kid. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, no disrespect <laughs> to Mr. Gustin. Uh, you better get in there and support Grant. Right. Because it's it's they can say they're going to spin off, but you need to give him and them support so sure, that the yeah. series actually materializes. Yeah. Would you be open to returning to Central City? Would I be what willing to return to Central City if, uh, if an opportunity presented itself? I mean, if you know, if it was a right fit, yeah. you know what? I, I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> you know, I mean, it. it, it, it uh, you know, I'm. Uh, you know, in fact, I I I so wanted the audience not my audience not to go in critically judging grants that i put a series of things saying that let's get behind him let's support him and i stopped because people began to say 
well, you need to be on that show. And if you're not on that show, mm -hmm. and I said, okay, now it's looking like I'm campaigning to be on that show, which I'm not. If well, I never it's, had, it's become also a television tradition uh, with the modernization of these characters. When they when they tell them, they've always paid homage to the the, the force that has come before. So you never know. You might you might jump back into the Speed Force. And then I don't know. I, I, if that happens and it works, that's great. And if it doesn't, that's great, and I wish him well. Hey, but you're not sitting still. You've actually got a couple of film projects um, that are in the works. The more recent one that's getting a lot of buzz is called The Sector. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it's, 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 a, it's a quiet, what I like to call quiet science fiction film, like something that isn't a big Hollywood spectacle with, with R2-D2 and C-3PO running around and, and hovercrafts. It's more like a, it's, it's a more of a character piece, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's a post-apocalyptic uh, vision of this world that's melted down with diseases and, 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 and global warming and what have you. And uh, it, 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 it sort of like carries Mad Max beyond mm -hmm. Thunderdome. It's, 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 it's along that, but very interesting characters. Lance Henriksen, uh, Richard Tyson, uh, 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 Kayla Carlisle. I, I'm, I'm very, Josh Ridgway wrote it and directed it. Mm -hmm. And it was a blast. We shot it in Dallas uh, in uh, October. Do you prefer the film project to serialized television? I wouldn't say, people always ask, and I was also fortunate enough to be in the Tony Award winning Broadway you've been doing play a lot of Dancing movies. at You've been Lunacy. doing a lot of movies lately. And, you know. and they said, which do you like best, theater, television, mm. or film? I said, you know, I like moving between the three. Mm, very good. You yeah. know, uh, because it, they call for different things, you know, very different Different demands on you as an actor, you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they call for very different things. Yeah. And I would go into that, but then we'd be here all night. <laughs> exactly what they are. Well, I've got time. <laughs> you've also played the president. Yes, Look, I am waiting for. I'm psyched about this. It's a project, you know. IMDb it. It's called mm. Golden Gate. It, mm. it has a uh, Vivica Fox, Eric Roberts, John Rhys Davies, Montel Williams. I play the president of the United States, a really good guy, visionary president at a time when the war in Afghanistan is dragging on and his p popularity ratings and people are down on the country. And he wants to find a story to inspire the nation, mm. and that's the A storyline. This young kid whose father is lost in Afghanistan, whose mother's in an accident, which she finds out goes to the hospital. And he begins to lead his team to a state soccer championship mm. for the first time. And the president goes, okay, we're not going to play politics on this. We're not going to do it. We're going to find the father in Afghanistan. I want them there at that game. And through the course of how it's perfect for what's happening in our country mm. right now. It's like, can we just not drop all the bitterness and all the differences and come together around a story that can be inspiring and remember that we're Americans and that we're all citizens of the same country. It's a beautiful script. Mm. It's, and, and I'm waiting, I'm waiting for that, for I guess the producers to decide which road, do they want to go straight to a distribution deal? Do they want to go the art, you know, art film uh, uh, circuit uh, uh, or what? But you know, uh, if they got it on paper, it was really a special script. Well, you, you can certainly bet that your fans will be waiting with anticipation for these projects. Um, your fans are very loyal and, and do mean a lot to you. And, and it, it's, it's really exciting to them that, that you have been able to color your career with so many different roles and, and, uh, and that they've been able to, to kind of like follow your evolution as an actor along that career that that must really you know speak to you as a, as an actor yeah you know it's interesting you touched on it earlier about 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 my fans you know it's like and, and I, I don't really use that word I like because it's like you know I don't know I feel funny about that word <laughs> I, you know people who admire my work who have followed my career um, uh, 
is that you know guiding light we were there at the uh at the at the, at the beginning of the youth revolution so we had young fans mm. and then i went to the flash which had a young fan base and then i went to dawson's creek which had a young fan base so it was like a new decade at one time i looked around everybody was staying the same age and then i'd walk by a mirror i was the only one aging <laughs> but the good, the good point, aging very well mind you thank you but the, <laughs> the good point about that was that you know there was a successive waves mm. of uh, people not from the same decades that that, that I've been able to uh, perform mm -hmm. for. I've been honored to per perform for various roles for. And therein is the biggest compliment, John Wesley Shipp. Thank you so much thank you. for for bringing us into men and and uh, a you know from from a fanboy like me you know they'll, they'll always be you'll always be the Flash. I'll always imagine running around in red in red tights. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned as we continue to follow John Wesley's ship and his upcoming new projects. And also get ready for the return of The Flash in 2014, with Grant Gustin reprising his role of Barry Allen, as seen recently introduced on the hit show Arrow. And of course, a very special thanks to my friend and fan favorite, John Wesley Ship, for stopping by and bringing us up to date on all of his going-ons. Stay in the know with Edge on the Net the internet's largest network for LGBT news and entertainment. Download the iPad app and get the digital magazine featured every month. Edge on the net. Visit us now. Out Loud and Live is now also available as a podcast on iTunes. Please hang up and try again. Send us your questions or comments to thrillseekerhq at aol.com. This is J.C. Alvarez, and you've been listening to Out Loud and Live. This is a Thrill Seeker HQ presentation. Get in the HQ. Go to www.thrillseekerhq.com.